truth seekers, freedom fighters, defenders of liberty, deplorables, lizard people, and ultramagus too. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. We are unrestrained, unashamed, unrelenting, unapologetic, and unafraid. On Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'd like for you to check out my website at its new location. It's a much shorter website address. Hopefully makes it a little easier. Freedomspeaknm.com. And it uh, the old address still works, but this is a much shorter web address. And you can listen to playbacks of all my previous shows there, as well as access useful resources, and also download show notes from all of my previous shows as well. You can send me your questions and comments and get started advertising by emailing me at my new email address, which is Becca, B-E-C-C-A, at freedomspeaknm.com. I kind of ditched the Google, and I'm trying to get Google as much out of my life as possible. So I want to start today's show with a little story. Stay with me on this because, trust me, you will see it is very relevant to the kind of things I talk about. The other day, as I was getting ready to make myself a salad, I looked at the two containers of mixed lettuce I had in my refrigerator. The one on top was the oldest, although it had not been opened. I knew that this container of roughage had been purchased at least 10 days prior. I knew as well that for the sake of not wasting food, I needed to consume the older of the two products. When I opened the container, however, I immediately knew by the smell that this product had begun to decompose. In addition to the odd smell, the crispness of some of this rabbit food had been replaced by a slime-covered limpness. Despite the mucus-like substance that permeated the mixture, I convinced myself that some of the product was still viable and must be saved. So I began the tedious task of separating and rinsing the lettuce that looked edible from the stuff that was clearly spoiled. After 10 to 15 minutes of meticulously sorting out the good stuff from the bad stuff, I decided, despite not fully having completed the job, to take a taste of what was to become my lunch. After three small bites, I discovered that the two of the three bites tasted fine, but one of the three still tasted a little tainted. Only then did I ask myself, why separate it further when I, fully, when I have a fully fresh container of greens waiting in the refrigerator? Like the putrid lettuce above, our leadership in the United States Congress has become a slime-covered, smelly, rotten mix of salad. With over 300 million citizens of this country, you would think we could replace all the 535 members of both houses of Congress with a fresh group of members not tainted by the slime of corruption and the putrid smell of inaction. The key to any good mixture of salad is freshness. So we must do what these so-called leaders will not. We need to insist on term limits because these people are so busy keeping their jobs and making millions of dollars that they are not doing their jobs. We need to replace all of these people with those who first will agree not to sell out and second will, not, will vote to limit their time in office. When a representative has five mansions after 20 years of making $200,000 per year, you can be assured that they represent someone other than you and I. We need to find people, no matter their political affiliation, who won't sell out. I want to know if they are going to represent me or big interest. 
It is time for we, the people, to clean out the spoiled, moldy, stinky, putrid, and mostly outdated bunch of corrupt swamp creatures lurking in the cracks and crevices of the halls of Congress. It's time to stop eating the rotten slime and throw them all out. You know how when you have a refrigerator full of food and it's been there forever and stuff gets pushed to the back and it just, and, and then someday you get tired of the fridge being all stinky and you're saying, you know, I just got really need to clean this fridge out. And then you dig this stuff out and it's all moldy and it's outdated, outdated. That's the big thing. We have a lot of politicians in, in Washington that are totally outdated. I know that you may like your representative, but they cannot be washed clean if in any way they've rubbed against the slimy likes of Nancy Pelosi and all the others contaminated, contaminated by her corrupt policies. I like to think of Donald Trump as a big, fried, greasy, but fresh pork chop. Like any protein, he gives off lots of energy. I can understand why the leftists all hated to be force-fed the meat of this man for four years. What's funny is that they have chosen a rotten, salmonella-infested tomato like Joe Biden to consume for four years. As a greasy pork chop, Donald Trump may raise your blood pressure and cholesterol level, but unlike Mr. Biden, the rotten tomato, he, has, he wasn't a danger to us all right now. I'll conclude my open with a couple of quotes I found to be relevant to this message. An ancient Greek playwright by the name of Aristophanes wrote... Look at the orators in our republics. As long as they are poor, both state and people can only praise their uprightness. But once they are fattened on the public funds, they conceive a hatred of, for justice, plan intrigues against the people, and attack the democracy. Another quote I found addresses the point I have made numerous times concerning how we need to stand up for our liberty and freedom and not given to illegal, unconstitutional mandates and orders given by tyrants such as our own little tiny tyrant in New Mexico. In a passage by Derek Bell from Living a Life of Meaning and Worth, he wrote, Courage is a decision you make to act in a way that works through your own fear for the greater good as opposed to pure self-interest. Courage means putting at risk your immediate self-interest for what you believe is right. Good words. So I've got some good guests in my studio with me today. <clears throat> and um, one of them was on with me uh, in another lifetime on another station. And uh, so I thought I'd bring him back so we could do a really proper show together. <laughs> I've got Bob, which is a retired commercial airline pilot from a, uh, a, a major carrier. We're just gonna, we're gonna leave it at that. We're gonna be really anonymous on this. I've got my friend Bridget, which some of my Facebook friends might know who she is. And I've got Joshua James back in the studio with me for a second week in a row. We had such a good time last week. I said, hey, Josh, why don't you come back in and join us again this week? So anyway, so a lot of things in the news. And one thing in particular that was in the news today as I was driving in here was I saw that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. So, I want to explain to you, okay, number one, <clears throat> I think that many of you will agree that it is unconstitutional for the federal government to impose any rules like that on the states 
in the first place. So <clears throat> I remember there was somebody, and I can't remember the person's name, that once stated that Roe v. Wade was bad law right from the beginning. And I agree. So it's been overturned. Does that mean that's going to be the end of abortion in the United States? No, absolutely not, because the power goes back to the rightful place, which is the states. And I'm sure that uh, New Mexico is probably going to be the abortion capital of the entire country because we believe in killing babies right up to the time of birth here in this state. Anyway, I'm going to introduce my guests. Bob? Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, hello. <clears throat> I'm Bob. I, uh, I was in the uh, airline industry for about 25 years, uh, a few years before that in the uh, commuters. Um, I've been retired for a couple of years now and spent a lot of time uh, during this uh, pandemic researching all kinds of so-called conspiracy theories. And uh, it's amazing what you can learn when you... Uh, spend a little bit of time looking for yourself and not relying on what's being told to you by the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bridget, how about telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, a lot of you on Facebook probably have seen me in the various groups, uh, Concerned Citizens in New Mexico, Lizard People, uh, groups like that. And one of the things that always surprised me about people in general, not just people in New Mexico, but people everywhere, is people will put more time and energy into researching what car they're going to drive or what restaurant they're going to eat at, but they don't do any research on the people that they vote for. And one of the things I did in response to Facebook is anytime I'd see a post of, thank you, Governor, for keeping us safe, and thank you, Governor, for you know the latest set of mandates, I put together a response to that. I put together a fact sheet but basically for myself to cut and paste a response to these groups of, no, she didn't keep you safe, and you really agree with this mandate? This is why she's doing it. That grew into a list of 24 different points of why she's bad for New Mexico, and that's what I'm here to talk about today is the various facts that I, I think they're common knowledge because they're in the news, they were reported at one point in time, but people just have conveniently forgotten about them. Yeah, people have short memories. Absolutely. So, Josh, kind of refresh everybody on who you are. Got to get right up to the mic, by the way. I'm uh, Joshua James Ryan Lawrence. I did run for Bernalillo County Constitutional Sheriff. I am off the cuff. I shoot from the hip. I tell it like it is, a secret of truth. And uh, those at the top do not like me very much. Imagine that. There's probably a lot of people that don't like me, too, and that's good. It means I'm doing a good job, right? <laughs> that's why we're all on one team here. Yeah, that's right. So, what do you guys think about my open about the uh, about the moldy uh, politicians we have in 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 Congress? I, I I think you know we talked about something interesting a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't think it was last week. It might have been the week before, where we were talking about these people how they live in a bubble. Okay, and you know when you when you when you're a congressperson, you you kind of live in a bubble. You you have people driving you around. You have a security team with you. You probably don't go out and do. I doubt if you ever walk into a grocery store and do your own grocery shopping. I doubt if you do a lot of the things that those of us 
normal people out here do on a daily basis. So you don't really interact with the real world, world very much. You just, you're just in your little group of co-conspirators there in Congress, and that's about all you see, so you're kind of out of touch. And I think that's a really strong argument for term limits. What do you all think? I agree completely. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I think you have to liken it to a job. Um, you know, for example, if I don't do the job that I was hired to do, I'm going to get written up. I'm going to get fired. We've got people that are in our government that have been there 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, are they living up to their election promises? Are they doing the job that they were hired to do? Of course not. Yet again, people elect them or they get selected again and again and again. When are they going to be held accountable? Yeah. Well, that's true. And, you know, that's one thing that Joshua and I have been talking about. We talked about this a lot last week when we were talking about these political assurity bonds. Is that is a way of holding politicians personally accountable when they, when they give their oath saying that they're going to defend and protect the, uh, the Constitution of the United States of America. That holds them accountable, saying, well, if you don't do that, then we have recourse to come out. We shouldn't have to wait until the next election to get rid of corrupt politicians. Mm -hmm. We really shouldn't. So on the, uh, the Roe v. Wade thing, okay, I think that's a good thing. Number one, it eliminated something that was unconstitutional to start with. A lot of people are going to probably look at this as saying, oh, well, it's a win for life. And yeah, it is, but... Not really, not if you look at it, because there are still states in this country that are going to go all in on abortion anytime, they, anytime at any time, for any reason, especially like in the state of New Mexico. That's right. This will bottleneck evil. We will now see who is going to fight to keep abortion moving, and, and they're going to push it to the limits. Yeah, they are. And... You know, the thing is, is I, I, I saw that movie, I don't know if you guys saw the movie Unplanned or not, but if you haven't, you should see it. And anybody out there that hasn't seen this movie and you wonder exactly how an abortion works, if you watch that movie, you will see what happens. And it's, and it's horrible. It's absolutely barbaric, okay? You've got... Number one, if you guys have seen those little, uh, little plastic figures of babies at different stages of development, you would know that after a very short number of time, I can't remember how many weeks it is, is it six weeks or something like that, we have a fully formed baby there, okay? It looks like it, it's a tiny little baby. Well, on uh, the movie, Unplanned, it shows an abortion being performed in which they have the sonogram going at the same time and they got the probe going in there and the baby is literally trying to get away from the probe. And as the baby is trying to get away from the probe, it, uh, the suction dismembers the baby, pulls its arms off, pulls its legs off, and then the last thing to go is it crushes its head and sucks it into, into the tube. I think anybody that is contemplating getting an abortion needs to watch this. I think it should be a requirement. If you're going to make this decision for your own good, you need to watch this. Even if, even if they say, okay, we, we need to allow people to do this, which I, I think personally, I think it's murder. I think it's murdering a human being. 
And I don't know. I think life is the most important thing. It, it, our Constitution, our founding documents start out with the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, you can't pursue liberty and, and happiness if you're dead. And these babies, I, I mean, like in the state of New Mexico, they, it's legal right up to the moment of birth. So literally a fully formed baby, as it's being delivered, can be murdered and killed. You know, where are the rights of this, of this baby? Well, and they're fighting for up to 27 days after birth. They are. And then they're communicating, they're putting into the narrative up to two to three years old that yeah. a mother can still eliminate their baby. Yeah. So, I mean, we got some serious evil going on here. Um, so this fight is far, is far from over. Roe v. Is, Roe v. Wade isn't going to fix anything. It's going to continue in this country. It's just going to redistribute it out to different states like New Mexico that are willing to perform any abortion at any time for any reason. You know, uh, I mean, in biblical times, uh, they had sacrifice. You know, we, we look in history uh, all over the world. We see particular cultures that were sacrificing humans, and we want to, we wonder... How did they ever do that? How did they get to that point? Well, you just look at the, the mainstream news today and you see how, how they got there. It's how we're getting there, too. Yeah. So, we'll see. Um, at least that's the first step. I would rather at least, at least that is done. I can't say it's going to make a big difference, but at least it gets the federal government out of the business of the states, which, you know, Josh, you and I have talked about this a lot, is that... The states are all sovereign. The federal government has very limited powers, and they never had the power to impose that on the states to start with, just like many other things that they've done over the years. And over the weeks of doing this show, we're going to talk about all of it because there's a lot of it to talk about, the federal government overstepping their authority. When New Mexico, when the, now that this has happened, all these companies from around the country that have been operating in states, and now those states are going to cut them off, now they have a safe haven to come to. They're going to they're gonna come to New Mexico, and New Mexicans need to be very, very worried about what's happening and where their money's going, where their tax dollars are going, because uh, now we're going to see politicians um, see dollar signs, and they're going to start helping and encouraging those businesses to bring revenue to this state mm -hmm. in that direction. So. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So another article I saw in the news, uh, this was on, a, uh, on usatoday.com. Uh, this was really interesting. Apparently the Texas GOP has decided to um, pull back on their certification of the 2020 election. And they have come right out and said that they believe that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. And they, they came out with this resolution. It says, uh, the resolution urges Republicans to work to ensure election integrity, which is great, and vote and volunteer in the midterms to overwhelm any possible fraud. It alleges that various secretaries of state illegally circumvented their state legislatures, which we saw. They literally... These Secretary of States overstepped their authority and they essentially changed the voting rules during the election, which is completely illegal and wrong. 
and yet they did this. They did all of these things, and yet we're still hearing these people constantly saying, oh, well, there wasn't any voter fraud, and, and, and you people are all just a bunch of conspiracy theorists. And it's like, no. I mean, there was some actual voter fraud. There was manipulation. There were rules being changed uh, by people that had no legal authority to change the rules. And says various secretaries of state legally circumvented their state legislatures in conducting their elections in multiple ways, including by allowing ballots to be received after November 3rd, 2020, and that substantial election fraud in key metropolitan areas significantly affected the results in five key states. The resolution was not the only controversial part of the 40-page platform. So Texas is standing up. And uh, I know, Josh, you're a big fan of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Born and raised, I am a Texan. Yeah. We talked a lot uh, last week about the Republic of Texas. We talked about that a lot. That was an interesting discussion. Oh, definitely. When, when people under, when they start to understand and comprehend the, the history of the Republic of Texas, uh, because they were, they were unconstitutionally and fraudulently annexed. And every state that came into the Union after 1871 came in fraudulently and unconstitutionally. So we have to know that the state of New Mexico and the state of Arizona and every state after came in fraudulently. They are not constitutional states. So as far as Secretary of States go, I, I saw another interesting article in which the Albuquerque urinal is uh, trashing Audrey <laughs> Trujillo. <laughs> She's a good friend of ours, and she's running for Secretary of State. And they, this, are, there's so much wrong with this article. I, I mean, it's so biased. I mean, like here, a couple of things I, I took out of this article, and it says, Audrey Trujillo, a candidate who espoused lies <laughs> about the 2020 election. What lies exactly? They, they, they make statements like this, and then they don't tell well, what lies exactly are you talking about? They just make statements. It's, it's like, I know Rush Limbaugh used to call these people drive-bys. It's like you drive by, you make the hit, and then you run, you know? And, and that's what these people do. They're like drive-by uh, drive media hacks. And so they say, they, she supposedly espoused lies. I'd like to know which lies they were, those were. Promoting, promoted tough new voting policies, yes, absolutely. And here's a good one. And shared racist and anti-Semitic comments on social media. <laughs> now, you know Audrey, Josh. Oh, yeah, very, Do you know Audrey? Well. And, and, yeah. And Bridget knows Audrey. Do you think she's a racist in any way? Impossible. No. No. Yeah, no. She's Hispanic, for starters. She's, she's also got Jewish heritage. Yeah. So uh, she's, she's got Jewish heritage and she's Hispanic. And yet they are saying that she is somehow racist and anti-Semitic. And yet they don't provide any samples of that either. I would like to, if, if she's been, uh, if she's a racist and she's anti-Semitic, I would like to see the, co the comments they're referring to. So let's see, what else do they say? Ms. Trujillo ran an unsuccessful campaign for state representation in 2020 as a member of the Trump-inspired America First. Yep, absolutely. Slate of candidates for Secretary of State and other offices. A national alliance forged by those who deny or still doubt 
the legitimacy of the 2020 elections. I, su I suggest that these people start off by watching 2,000 Mules, for starters, because that alone is basis to believe that there was huge amounts of fraud. Not to mention all of the uh, all of the elect uh, the the investigations that have been done uh, that have discovered that dead people were voting, people were voting from from uh, addresses that didn't exist, addresses that were open parking lots, people that lived in other in other states that no longer lived in the state anymore were voting. And yet they're saying that there's no legitimacy? Well, all you have to do is take a look Close, at the research. Closer, closer, closer. Take I mean, all you have to do is take a look at the research that David and Aaron Clements did. It's, it's airtight and it's, it's annotated, annotated. It's statistically correct. You can't argue with any of the work that they did. No, you can't. And there's so many groups across this country that are working on this. We've proven well over a year ago that Trump absolutely won New Mexico, won this country, that the silent majority absolutely is the red wave. And uh, their fraud is, has been put on many platforms. Uh, and, and if you're listening to mainstream media, I mean, really, you just need to turn the TV off. You need to burn your your your... Albuquerque urinal in the fireplace. <laughs> or use it for toilet paper, maybe, if you're desperate. Uh, you might need some meds after that. Sa but. Save it for the next time that there's no, to no toilet paper in the stores. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my dad, of course, you know, he was from way back, you know, and, and uh, he, they, uh, back when they were using outhouses when he was a kid, and uh, they used to use the old Sears Roebuck catalogs. And it's like, those glossy pages, that had to be really uncomfortable. <laughs> or I've heard mention of corn cobs, too. Oh, yeah. It's like, ooh, okay. <laughs> Did you guys hear any stories like that from your parents or grandparents? No. The Montgomery no. Ward and Sears catalog. Montgomery Ward, yes, that's another one. Yes, absolutely. So start stocking up on your toilet paper. That's right. That's right. Or at least keep a nice stack of Albuquerque urinals just in case as, as a backup. Well, you know, it's really funny to me, at least on Facebook, I, I get into arguments with these drive-by people and they're, give me your peer-reviewed study, give me your sources. But when you turn it around and you say, well, where are you getting your sources? It's just crickets. It's just silence. Mm -hmm. Right. You yeah. know, I, I've, got, I've got pages of sources. Where are your sources? Well, they're confidential. Uh, of course. Yeah. They're always confidential sources. Or oh, I don't have to give that to you. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, any credible writer or anybody always mm -hmm. cites their their sources. Yeah. I mean, I do. You know, when I do this show, it's like I've got links to articles that I used and things like that, and I provide them for download to the listeners so that they can look and they can further own their own research. That's what I want them to do. Well, not anybody can get something peer-reviewed. Uh, and just, just because you have a PhD or, or any, I've, I've watched uh, during archeological digs and different things, people be given PhDs for participation. Uh, so what is credible anymore? The things that we all want to believe in and trust, they aren't really as credible as we like to believe. You know, people have always said, oh, PBS, NPR, you know, BBC, like these are credible sources. But they're just not. Everything that is mainstream is not credible. If you 
are coming out in this world and, and showing evidence of something that's going to change worldview, they're going to you're going to hit a brick wall and red tape. It's just a fact of the matter. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Is talking about how some of these supposedly respected medical journals have uh, that are posted out there supposedly with with uh, papers from from respected scientists and doctors and things like that in which these things are supposedly peer-reviewed apparently aren't necessarily peer-reviewed sometimes there is money money changing hands and uh, these articles get put in there as a result of that well i mean it kind of it's very very similar to what happened with uh you know what we know is the american food pyramid in the 1940s or 1950s you know mo most of us uh of a certain age and you know, we've grown up breakfast is the most important meal of the day where did that come from well the kellogg's company paid they paid for research they paid for studies that would prove that a grain-based diet and i and i want to i want to point out not grain-based in the traditional way but grain-based in the fact that in the 40s and the 50s farmers were incentivized to use dwarf wheat dwarf wheat is the cause of a lot of the gluten sensitivity and a lot of the you know nutritional and diabetes problems that we're seeing in our society but my point is is that if you want to push a point you can pay for whatever research and whatever peer reviews that support your study that happened then it's happening now and mm -hmm. if you look at who owns the top media outlets it's something like four or six companies in the entire world yeah. that control our media so think about you know who is paying what to feed you what so hey we're at the break and uh, we're going to continue this discussion on the other side so we'll be right back Here at Agave Builders, we are a veteran, family-owned company since 1993. If you have a small honey-do list or need a home built, we can help you with that. So call us at 505-385-6680. Do you have a hard time getting in and out of your bathtub? We are also a premier walk-in tub dealer. We can help you with those aches and pains of getting in and out. Find us at agavebuildersnm.com. We are also a VA-certified company that helps qualified veterans obtain grants through the VA and other nonprofits to repair or remodel their home. Find us at agavebuildersnm.com, look us up on Facebook, or call us 505-385-6680. That's 505-385-6680. Longing to be free of pain? Free of pain meds? To move freely and easily again? Call Dr. Lynn today. 505-200-0271. RiverlightCommunityPT.com. 505-200-0271. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? 
Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com Hey, welcome back everybody. I'm Becca. You're listening to Freedom Speak on Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I want to invite you to send me questions and comments to my new email address, becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Send me your questions and comments, and I will definitely talk about them on the next show. And we are actually going to be live very, very soon, and I will be announcing that let you know. And as a matter of fact, I'll, I'm going to even, what I'm planning on doing is I'm going to give like a tour of the new studio on my social media page on my live, which will be kind of fun. Show you guys around here a little bit. So we were talking about the, um, how they're just, it, how do you trust information out there anymore? It's like these supposedly trusted medical journals, can't trust them anymore. And they're literally being, paying people to publish things. There's money changing hands. And actually, scientists and experts and doctors and all these people that uh, say something that they don't like, their papers are being removed from the medical journals. And I've compared that to the memory hole in, in George Orwell's 1984. You know, you throw it down the memory hole, and it's gone forever. Every trace of it's gone. Didn't exist. Because if it doesn't fit the narrative, then a lot of these people are just in each other's pockets. And if it doesn't forward the narrative, then it gets deleted, gets ignored. Like somebody I like a lot, one of my favorite doctors, Dr. Simone Gold. From what I understand, she's sitting in jail now for 60 days for simply being at the Capitol on January 6th and saying a few words on a megaphone. That was the extent of her insurrection. And yet she's spending 60 days in jail. You know, if we're not careful, you know, with all this gun legisl legislation and things like that going on, that is, and we're gonna talk about that too, that there will be nothing stopping them. You know, the Second Amendment was for the purpose of keeping a tyrannical government at bay and making them realize that there are consequences if they overstep. And we're seeing a lot of overstepping going on right now. You know, I, I, you know another article I came across that kind of fits into that too is, this one is actually from, I think, um, a few weeks ago, a little longer, but it, it caught my eye. They're talking about this definition of an assault weapon. And I saw this article in the Epic Times. 
and it was talking about uh, this guy that uh, that Biden wanted to pick for his uh, to run the ATF, the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Although. Uh, one interesting thing about that is Biden didn't even know it's called the ATF. And keep in mind that Biden has been a fixture in the government for half a century now. And yet he called the ATF the, AF, the, the AFT. Now, in my day, AFT meant automatic fine-tuning. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe he looked at his old television set and got confused. I'm not really sure. But, I mean, isn't it sad that the commander-in-chief of the United States does not know the acronyms for all the departments of the government, and he's been in the government for 50 years? 50 years! And he doesn't know that the ATF is, you know, that's the proper acronym for the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Reminds me of a movie. Did you guys see that movie? I think it had uh, Nicolas Cage in it. And it was called uh, Lord, of, Lord of War, I think. And the ATF came after him. Of course, he was, he was, he was selling weapons. To people, and and they came after him, and and they told him, oh, "We're with the ATF." And he said, "I take it you're not here to talk to me about the the alcohol and the tobacco part." <laughs> 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 that movie was hilarious. So, anyway, so anyway, so this guy that they that he was trying to get in as the ATF secretary. Is I, I, I'm going to read this part from this article. Reviving a common GOP line of questioning for would-be gun regulators, Senator Cotton, good thing for, good, good way to go, Senator Cotton, during his questioning of, and this guy's name is Dedelbach, asked for a definition of the word assault weapon. Now keep in mind, the, the left and the socialist Democrats are always constantly calling for bans on assault weapons all the time. But here's an interesting point. They've never really defined what an assault weapon is. What exactly is an assault weapon? I, I, I don't know. I mean, something that you can use to, to assault someone? I, I mean, there's a lot of things you can use to assault someone. You guys are going to love my uh, open for the second hour I've, I wrote. I actually wrote a second monologue today that I'm going to do on the beginning of the second hour that has to do with red flag laws. So make sure you stand by for that one because it's really good. So it's a catch-all term often used by gun control advocates, which many have difficulty defining. Citing, citing a 2018 campaign, Dedelbach mounted to become Attorney General of Ohio, Cotton noted, you called for a ban on assault weapons. What, at, what is an assault weapon? Would you define it for me, please? And he responds, Senator, when I was a candidate for office, I did talk about restrictions on assault weapons. I did not define the term, and I haven't gone through the process of defining that term. Okay, now, aren't there like a million things wrong with that sentence? He, he talked about restrictions on assault weapons, but yet there was no definition for an assault weapon. So what are you going after? That's a good yeah. question. This, 
these are the kind of idiots that 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 Biden has working for him. I, I you know, I, I would put it out there. I think everybody, pretty much Biden's entire cabinet are a bunch of idiots. They really are. You look like you're going to say something. Well, I mean, I, you know, they, they are, they are idiots. Um, I do think that there might be a little bit of strategy behind this. Like, for example, that whole conversation that was held about, you know, what's the definition of a woman? When there isn't a definition or when the definition is nebulous, you could make it into whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So what's to stop someone or anyone from saying, well, today this is an assault weapon, but tomorrow that one is. And oh, but by the way, let's just throw that one in there too. It's, yeah. you know, you don't define it. You purposefully don't define it. That opens up a whole, whole right. avenue for things to happen. That makes a lot of sense because if you don't define it, you can call anything you want an assault weapon. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and unless somebody is asking the question like I am right now, it's like, well, okay, tell me exactly what an assault weapon is. Mm -hmm. You know, why don't you define that very specifically? But no, they've never done that. Well, and, you know, and they did that um, in the 60s where they were trying to get a definition on what adult material was. So I think, you know, we, we know what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. Well, I forget who who it was. It was a congressperson. I don't really know what it is, but I, I, I can't define it, but I, I, I know it when I see it. <laughs> you know, it's the, do you remember no, that? When I see it. Yeah, do you remember that? Whole, I don't remember that, yeah. that, but that's good. Yeah. But it's the whole thing. It's, you know, what is an assault weapon? Well, an assault weapon is anything that I want it to be. Well, Yeah. And, you know, in the Second Amendment, when it refers to arms, well, an arm can be anything you use as a weapon. And, you know, anything can be used as a weapon if you're properly trained. Well, the hillside strangler used a hammer. Right. That's a great weapon. A screwdriver. That's apparently a popular weapon in some countries. And David used a, a slingshot. That's right. You know, this is why Webster created a dictionary. And what a lot of people, the majority of people don't know is that when you're talking uh, in courts and in our government, they're speaking legalese. They're speaking from the Black's Law Dictionary. And a definition doesn't change, but over the last 100 plus years, if you look at the, uh, the, the oldest dictionary to the newest, you'll see how many times they've changed definitions. Words mean what they mean, and they have since biblical times. Since yeah, canonite law. You're looking at nowadays too. Everything's going digital, right? So what we used to have these big paper dictionaries, and it, nothing changed. But now you're looking at the internet when things can be changed at the drop of a hat. Well, we need this definition changed. They go in and change it. Mm -hmm. And it, you, you know, unless you have a paper copy, you have no way to say, well, it used to be this, but now it's this. That's a good point, Bob, um, because. With with every <coughs> with everything being digital, I, I remember that funny commercial on TV where <coughs> excuse me the guy is talking to these people about how they're becoming like their parents, and this guy prints off some pages from the internet and he says, "We don't print the internet." <coughs> well, but the thing is, you got a point there. I haven't thought about that before. Is that back when I was a kid, we had dictionaries and encyclopedias mm -hmm. and they remained unchanged as a matter of fact I remember last time when I went to my mom's house in Ohio the same set of encyclopedias that we had when I was a kid are still there that's like wow those are going to be valuable because like George Orwell's 1984 is like 
if everything is digital, it can be changed and you would never know it was changed unless you actually did print it out and keep a copy. But nobody does that anymore. Everybody just reads everything digitally and it's like, yeah, you know, like the guy said on the commercial, you don't print the internet. People don't print the internet. But you can go in digitally and just change things anytime you want. You can change things, you can delete things. And the meanings of words <clears throat> is the one thing that they've been trying to change. They're constantly changing the meaning of words. And we've been seeing that a lot. Over my lifetime, I've noticed so many words have, they've changed their meaning. And, and now you can't say them because they mean something else. You know, like words in the Constitution. They, they've changed the meaning of, they, those words, they've changed the meaning of those words. But what people don't realize is that you need to go by what the words meant when they were written. That's what they mean, and that's how they're going to try to take away a lot of our, our God-given rights, is they're going to change the meaning of words. We've seen plenty of examples uh, with the WHO changing the definition of a vaccine. That's yeah. been changed, what, three times, I think? And that's mm -hmm. the medical dictionary. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, it, it, a vaccine doesn't have to protect you, doesn't have to give you immunity. It can do they've changed it to what uh, lessens the symptoms or something like that that would be the definition of a shot like for example you've got the flu shot every year you know mm -hmm. they they make their best guess on what's going to protect you against side effects mm -hmm. they don't call it the flu vaccine because you have to get it yearly well why are they not calling covid the flu, the covid shot no they're calling it the covid vaccine mm -hmm. to your point yeah yeah. yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I don't believe that we have ever came out with a cure for any type of virus. Would that be correct? Yes. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah. And yeah. COVID, too, I mean, the, the nearest historical background we have on that was during, I believe it was the Carter administration when they were having um, the whole thing... Um, with the, um, it was legionnaires and s somebody helped me fill this in, um, swine flu. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. They went through a whole campaign with swine flu and they were trying to vaccinate the public and everything else. Well, I think it, it got to about 25 deaths before they stopped that. And there was, mm -hmm. like we're seeing now. I talked about that last week. And it's, you know, it's any, mm -hmm. any type of a SARS-related virus. We have never been able to A, isolate it, and B, get any sort of a vaccine or a shot for it. It's like the common cold. The common cold's been with us since the beginning and of time. And it's never been cured. It's never been cured. Never been cured. But that's the difference, too, is that our, our level of what we deem to be acceptable it has also changed. You know, 20, 30 years ago, we wouldn't have tolerated as a society the changing of definitions. We do now. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, yeah. I mean, if you change definitions, it changes everything that is was written in the past. I don't think people realize that. It's like, you know, everything that was written in the past, even laws that were written in the past, if you change the definitions of words, then those laws mean something completely different. Well, in terms of science, you know, I've gotten people arguing with me saying, well, you know, science changes and science is, you know, it's fluid. And, I, and 
My, my response to that is, well, science is also meant to be questioned, yet with yeah. a certain subject mm -hmm. right now, we, we're not supposed to question it. We're supposed to, you know, accept the absolute as they define it at this point in time. It's well, a like, search of the unknown. Right. Always. Well, yeah, now if you question it, you get censored, you get blocked, mm -hmm. you, you, get, you get canceled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And God's word doesn't change. You know, Satan likes to change everything. Yeah. And that's the war we're fighting. I think I think you're right, Josh. You know, what's interesting with guns is that, you know, the, you know, the AR, the AR series of rifles have been around since what, 1957, the 1950s. Why are they suddenly a problem now when they were not a problem for 50 years? Well, you know, like I've heard numerous people say, we don't have a we don't have a gun problem. We have a people problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what we need to look at is why there's all this violence. Why are people getting violent? If they didn't have a gun, they would use something else. Because like I said, you can use all kinds of things as weapons. Yeah. You know, you can, you can build homemade bombs. You can use, you can, you know, you can use rocks. You can use a baseball bat. You can, you can use hand tools. You can, there's numerous different things in Home Depot you can buy that make great weapons. You can use your bare hands. Yeah. yeah. Spotted owl skulls, turtle shells. <laughs> Spotted owls. <laughs> Aren't those tiny little things or are those big? I'm not sure. How big is a spotted owl? You think with all the regulations that uh, those things have put in place that they'd be pretty big. You'd think that there'd be spotted owls everywhere. Well, look at look at England. I mean, they, they get rid of guns, and now they have a knife problem. Right. And they were, at one point, I don't know if they're still seriously considering it, but they're, they were at one point talking about banning knives. So what are, then what are they, what's going to happen? People going to run, run, hitting each other with hammers? Are they going to ban hammers at that point? Right. I mean, it, like you said, it's a, it's a people problem, not a, what they're using as a tool. Right. Well, you know, talking about tools, I mean, I went to Home Depot just the other day. I lo it's my, like my favorite store to go and shop. And you go in the tool department, there is like, there is just a plethora of things that would make really effective weapons in the tool department at Home Depot. Yep. So what are you going to do? Take all those away from us too? Yeah. They're going to make us amputees. Take <laughs> <laughs> these guns. That's right. That's right. Hey, I got a, um, a funny clip that Tucker Carlson put out, a portion of it that I think is really good in which um, if you disagree with the Dems, they demonize you, and they would like to put us all basically in prison. Um, Michelle, can you play clip one, clip one from the 11-minute mark? Democrats have reached the logical end of name-calling. Why? Because they've run out of epithets. Once you've accused your political opponents of being Nazis, white supremacists, and then of treason, you have reached the limits of language. When you're dealing with someone who's committed treason, it is now a law enforcement matter. People are going to have to be physically punished. So not surprisingly, that is what they are now calling for. Arrest them! All of a sudden you're hearing a lot of liberals say that. Not just the crazies. But the mainstream people, Willard Mitt Romney, a man who's probably never used the F word in his entire life, is suddenly accusing Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, one of the most reasonable people ever to serve in the body, of treason. Not accusing her of being mistaken or wrong, but accusing her of betraying her country even as she serves it in uniform. What's the penalty for that? Well, it's prison, at least. Watch. 
Tulsi Gabbard is being accused of spreading Russian false flag propaganda. Yeah. And I think DOJ, in the same way that it is uh, setting up a task force to investigate oligarchs, should look into people who are Russian propagandists and shilling for Putin. They used to arrest people for doing stuff like this. If they thought you were uh, colluding with a Russian agent, if they thought you were putting out information or taking information and handing over to Russia, yeah. they used to actually investigate stuff like this. And I guess now, you know, there seems to be no bars. Yes, yeah, the The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. <laughs> Get under your desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know. You think about, I, people will, if asked the question, well, during World War II in Nazi Germany, how did all those people become so evil and, and march all of these people into the gas chambers and murder them? And, and, and how did all these doctors and nurses become so evil and, and murder people that were, say, handicapped in some way or whatever? And, and what did they do? Well, how did they do this? They got regular citizens, just like the ones we just listened to on that recording. They, they demonize the people they don't like. They demonize the people that are speaking out against them. And they make them seem like they're less than human, like subhuman. And they actually convince their followers that they are doing them a favor by eliminating these people. I mean... We're hearing the idiots on The View. Of course, they're always saying stupid things on The View. But talking about how people should be locked up. I mean, how, how much further do you go until you say, well, I think these people should all be killed? I mean, this has happened before. People haven't changed. You just got to look at history. Yeah. It, well, it's I mean, happened. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what happened in Nazi Germany, I mean, it was two things. It was, number one, they controlled the media. We, we've seen where well, that sounds that. familiar, huh? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was also a you know the frog in the warm water approach. It wasn't that they pushed all this narrative out at once. It was drip, 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 and then suddenly you started to see it as normal. Well, when you see it as normal, it's a lot easier to justify it. Well, yeah, you know, and, and that reminds me of an interesting conversation I had with a good friend last night, and we were talking about these people that have got these so-called vaxes and the boosters and all this other garbage and have been wearing a mask for months or years even. And it's like the drip, drip, drip you're talking about or the, the, boil, the slow boiling of a frog, okay, in which you just gradually raise the temperature a little at a time and to where you don't notice until it's too late. And so we were talking about this, how people do not feel as well as they did over two years ago. But they don't realize it because it's been incrementally put on them. It's like, I know that I don't. I, I remember how I felt over two years ago. And all, all this stuff that's been going on around me, probably being around a, a bunch of people that are vaxxed, that are spike protein shedding all over the place. And I know I've had this happen to me where I was with somebody that I knew they were vaxxed and boosted and all this crap. And I got close to them and... That same day, I started having a big fever and was very, very sick. And I got better by like the next day. But I don't think that was any coincidence because I hear the same thing from a lot of other people I know. They get around vaxxed people and they get sick. So 
I don't think people realize that they've been making us all sick a little at a time to the point of where we all don't feel well anymore. And I was even, a, a friend of mine posted an interesting um, thing this morning that I read, and I'm probably going to do a show about it at some point, about how the testosterone level and various different things of, of like, especially, you know, in, in men, testosterone level in men has decreased dramatically over a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other things are dramatically dropping off. And if it continues, what we are seeing is the extinction of the human race mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time. Sure. Yeah. They put everything inside of us. Well, they give us the, the choices of things that we can put inside of us. You're only as sick as the, the amount of chemical uh, mixtures you're putting in your body. Uh, you know, that, that's where the term soy boys came from. Yeah. Back in the day, I mean, that was one of the top GMO crops from Monsanto was uh, soy, canola, wheat, uh, corn, uh, all the things that if you go read any box on the shelf in the, in the uh, grocery store, you're going to see that all of those ingredients are in there. And we're putting them inside of us all the time. On top of, I mean, just here in Albuquerque, there's over 16 chemicals in our water. Uh, and some of them are, are so far beyond what the, the amount of any of those chemicals you should be in your body. It's beyond that. I stopped drinking tap water years ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, but even to get most of these things out takes way more than any of us use. I mean, RO is not going to take everything out of, your, out of your water. The Berkey water filter is not going to take everything out of your water boiling it. I mean, it's literally got to be the combination of, of all of them on top of the pharmaceuticals and the over-counter, over-the-counter drugs. Might be left with drinking distilled water, which I, I've never done it, but I hear it tastes gross. You know, if you look at it's the history really? of, if you look at the history of virology and where it came from, you'll see that the uh, Bill Gates, Fauci, and Epstein family were the creators, were the funders of virology, and and before that, the fact is there's no virus. Everything is parasite. That's why. Uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were even working during COVID because everything's yeah. parasites inside yeah. of your body. Parasites and yeast. Hey, everybody, we're at the end of the first hour. So in the second hour, we'll, uh, we'll tie up that conversation. And um, I'm actually, I've got a really great monologue prepared for you about uh, red flag laws. And hopefully you'll learn something uh, about the Second Amendment from it. And we're going to talk about chemtrails. With, uh, with Bob. He's got some actually interesting information on that. And maybe a little bit about controlling your, um, controlling you through tracking your carbon footprint. That was an interesting thing I found. So we'll be right back after the break. Oh 